One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Gray's Academy. Now, my name is Carmen, and my co-host, Kelsey, and I uh, have been doing this show for well over a year now. This episode, A Hard Day's Night, that you're about to listen to, was our first ever episode that we released for this podcast on September 30th, 2021. Now, I'm coming at you live from November 21st, 2022, in the future, and uh, I want you to know that this episode, while it's still really great, it's our most listened to, it's our most streamed episode, it's definitely different than where we're at today. Uh, And not in a bad way, it's just very much uh, a structured, uh, rigid feel to it, and we were still figuring out the voices and the personality that we wanted to show uh, here in this podcast for you, our listeners. Now, I will tell you that over the last year, uh, not only have has this episode taken off, uh, or this show taken off, rather, uh, way more than we could have imagined, both domestically here in the United States, where we're from, but also internationally. And we get so many emails and so much outpouring of love, whether it's through our Patreon or whether it's through social media and, again, through our email address, which you will get in this show. Uh, we love to hear from our fans and our listeners. But one of the things that's constantly uh, a bright spot is the personality that we let shine through. Uh, now, Kelsey and I, uh, if you'll hear this in the episode, but we're best friends. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, she is the godmother of of my child and I'm the godfather of her child and uh my my wife and her husband the four of us have gone on our honeymoon together to Europe like we know everything about each other and it's uh it's a personality dynamic that I think comes through more once you spoiler alert uh meet Addison at the end of season 1 uh we all know that moment it's iconic and for myself getting to watch the show for the first time I I think that I allow myself especially to be become more and more excited uh, and filled with emotion when some of these spo- with these uh, these these plot twists and and uh, special guests come in and things like that. So uh, just want to thank you all for listening. Now, uh, if you've ever watched The Office, I would say this is kind of like the same thing, right? All of your friends who have watched The Office, so you got to skip to season two and season three. They hit their stride and then come back and watch season one, episode one, and kind of uh, figure out where they came from and how they evolved, right? 
it's the same thing here. Uh, we hit our stride really in, like I said, season two, season three, we're currently on. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just very exciting to be a part of this journey. It's very exciting to be a part of, uh, the Shonda land community and, and watch Grey's anatomy for the first time. So, uh, again, thank you so much for, for sticking through and listening to us. We really appreciate everything that you, our listeners and our fans bring us, and we hope that you enjoy the show. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, and don't forget to, uh, give a five-star review and share this with your friends, wherever you listen. Thank you so much. And we'll see you all in the episode. Hello, and welcome to Gray's Academy. I'm Carmen. And I'm Kelsey. And it is a beautiful day to podcast. All right, so this is our very first episode of Gray's Academy, so just a little bit of an intro. My name is Kelsey. I have been watching Gray's Anatomy live since mid-season three, um, but I have gone back and rewatched the entire series so many times. I truly don't don't know. There, I do know for a fact there's only one episode that I've only seen one time, and we'll get to that when we get to it. But other than that, I've seen them all more times than a person needs to see an episode of a show because I just love it. And, and uh, you're Carmen, yeah. And, I, and, and I'm and I'm Carmen. I've seen Grey's. Ana- I almost said Grey's Academy. I've seen Grey's Anatomy zero times. Right. And uh, you know, I mean, what do you know about it? Obviously, now you've seen one episode, but outside of watching the first episode, what was your knowledge going in? I knew so little about this show (laughs) that when I saw Katherine Heigl, I went, (laughs) Katherine Heigl! Okay, so like, that's pretty impressive, truly, because the show has been on for, we're coming up on the 18th season. Um, There are spoilers rife on the internet because it's just it's one of the most viewed shows so people are always posting about it so it's impressive that you've managed to avoid so much of it i think so i i grew up watching scrubs real time okay so that was like the first doctor show ever watched then i watched house loved dr house did you ever watch royal pains i did not okay that was a usa network show so, like, I am not opposed to doctor shows. I just never, I think I always, so, like, now that I've watched the first episode of Grey's Anatomy, I don't know what I thought it was. I just thought it was, like, a doctor version of a Mexican soap opera. I will say, of, like, all those other medical shows that you've just listed, it is definitely the soapiest, like, to use that soap opera term. Like, because House is a drama, but it's not, like, really intrapersonal, whereas this, like, has the, you know... The sexuals. Which I was not mad about. (laughs) Opening scene. uh, Yeah. So, um, so let's, uh, so that's who we are. Um, We came up with this idea because we were talking about other TV shows and I was saying that people like sometimes watch Grey's Anatomy because it's really dramatic and you're like, oh, at least my life, you know, doesn't involve me having bombs and something. And, and Carmen thought I was joking. And then I said, no, that really happened. And then he said, oh, then I'll watch Grey's Anatomy. And here we are. So we're going to, we're going to journey through this together. Any chance to document our stream of consciousness through the majesty of podcasting really is just something that I don't want to not take that opportunity to do. So truly, truly it is. Um, I think it's just interesting because there's so much content that you're going to take in. And I was telling Michael, I was like, I think I'm going to have a hard time. Like, speaking about the episodes that we're watching and not like 
letting my knowledge of what's to come, like color what I'm going to say. And I'm like, have to not be like, Oh, this and this and this are going to happen. I'm going to have to use the the proper um, tense (laughs) to make sure everyone is current. Well, and that's the thing I, so, okay. The only thing I know about the show is that apparently everyone dies and whether or not that that's true or not, there are I don't people know. who are die who do die. It is a hospital, so you know sometimes in life people die, and uh, no one's immortal, except for me. So yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm gonna live forever. Um, okay, so first, what we're gonna do? We're gonna start. We're obviously starting with season one, episode one, which is a hard day's night. So before we get into this specific episode, I just want to say um, about. That I wanted to read the Netflix synopsis for the entire show, the entire series. This is what Netflix gives us. Intern and eventual resident, Meredith Gray finds herself caught up in personal and professional passions with fellow doctors at a Seattle hospital. That's it. 17 seasons, and that's the synopsis on Netflix. I didn't so. actually read that. So when I saw the <laughs> Seattle Space Needle, I was like, oh, cool, Seattle. So yeah, I, I literally I, didn't I even know what took place in yeah. Seattle. <laughs> I took that note. I was like, wow, these in these establishing shots, they really want you to know you're in <laughs> Seattle. Um, okay, so this episode is called A Hard Day's Night. As you notice, it is a Beatles song. Beatles song, yes. Um, every single episode, with the exception of one, the title is the title of a song. Really? So, yeah, kind of how Friends is always, like, the one with or whatever. So that's kind of their thing. Is it's, it's There's one singular episode in a very recent season that was not the title of a song. Um, and we'll get to that on, in a long time. But. In, in five years? <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, as of right now, they're all song titles. So this episode was written by Shonda Rhimes, who developed the entire series and wrote a lot of it. Um, she is no longer the showrunner on it. But she's still involved in like um, a producer. She's just not the, like the person running it. But she was until the fourteenth season. Um, so she developed, wrote, and produced the pilot. She did not direct the pilot. the di- The episode is directed by Peter Horton, who um, I had no idea who that was. So I was like, I'm gonna look him up. He was married to Michelle Pfeiffer in the eighties. He was also an elephant in the Doctor Seuss book. Mm, maybe. Um, that might be a different Horton. Are you sure? Um, Maybe they're related. (laughs) Maybe they might be brothers. Um, so he did end up directing several more episodes throughout the series and, uh, ultimately ended up being a producer and is still currently a producer. Um, this episode aired March 27th, 2005. So a very long time ago. (laughs) It's wild. And I feel like you can kind of tell, I really... Like, halfway through the soundtrack, I was like, this is a very, like, mid-2000s soundtrack. I feel like I was walking in on Jess watching, like, The O.C. or Laguna Beach or just any, uh, or uh, Gossip Girl. Any any movie or TV show from that mid-2000s, they all have the exact same songs. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. And it's interesting because with a lot of shows, when you revisit it, the clothes kind of give it away, but this, they're so primarily in scrubs. Like you don't really have that to be like, Oh, that clothing is so dated. Cause like, it's just scrubs. So there's not much to it. Um, uh, it premiered 
It aired uh, with a 16.25 million person audience. So a lot of people watched it. They really hyped it up. It was Thursday night, still is Thursday night. So it has like a prime. It was, I think it's nine o'clock. So it's like prime if you're watching it live, which then everyone was because they're really, I mean, I think TiVo existed, but there wasn't all these, these streaming services and there weren't like the recording DVRs as much. So if you're watching it, you're watching it Thursdays at nine. That was the place to be. Um, it is called Grey's Anatomy, G-R-E-Y-S. That is after a book, Grey's Anatomy, G-R-A-Y-S. That is a very commonly used medical textbook from like the 1800s. But it's just like a huge almanac of medical jargon. So that is where it comes from. There's also a Scrubs company that's called Grey's Academy. And yes. they're uh, very popular. Yes, it's true. Okay, so... Let's get in. We'll read the Netflix synopsis for this specific episode. Again, it's a pretty short little synopsis. I'm not even reading the synopsis before the the synap- I think that's a synapses. Good idea. Yeah, yeah I'm because not even sometimes I feel like they'll be spoilery, and you don't want that. I so don't. This want, one is not though. <laughs> I want to be shocked. I want to be shocked at every turn. That's all I want. I want that for you because I remember being shocked many, many times when I watched this the first time. I, I <laughs> hope. Also, for anyone out there listening, we are not in the same room. We are no, we're not. <laughs> thousands of miles away. So if there is any delay, uh, our apologies. But Kelsey, I do yearn for the time where we get to watch like a big episode together. Yes. So, but I'm going to have to like figure out how to fly down to Orlando for that. Yeah. Or I'll come up to you. We'll do something. It'll be perfect. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the ser- uh, the episode synopsis is first year intern Meredith Gray, the daughter of a famous surgeon, Meets her fellow interns on her first day at Seattle Grace. Okay, so good. There's not there's not really any spoilers because like, you know, the main spoiler is the sleeping with the boss, and that's well, not the, in the, there, so that's good. The plot point for me that I'm glad I didn't read in that synopsis was that her mom was a big head head honcho yeah. or like a big shot doctor because that actually was very. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, so this is probably going to be some big plot point and then it's already referenced twice in the episode then yeah i think they do um a good job with exposition as far as a pilot goes without being too like obnoxious and they have her obviously they have the narration the voiceover which is something that carries through the entire series every episode is going to have a narrator it's typically meredith occasionally it won't be but for the most part it is her so it's not always her talking to her mom obviously that was like the big reveal at the end of the episode was she was explaining all this to her mom who you find out has early onset alzheimer's yeah yes yes and it's um so well uh, that obviously is gonna be a huge plot point very sad and also i'm i'm used to the narration thing because scrubs uh zach braff's character had all the narration as well yeah it's um it's a good exposition point and some episodes it's like really just at the beginning and end and some it's kind of more woven through it so it's a good use of of that tool as far as exposition, because sometimes pilots, it's like, here's this person and here's this person. But I think this one is is very cohesive. I think there's a reason it, it did well and got picked up. Uh, the first season is only nine episodes because they it was a mid-season replacement. That's why it aired in March. So they had ordered nine episodes with the pilot. And then here we are so many years later, <laughs> still getting new episodes. Later. It's like I think it's the the longest running medical drama in, on television i'm in a television fan I, I will say the you know it's it's not 
hard to catch someone's attention within the first five seconds when you just wake up to right. and it's sex in the first five seconds. Right. And, you know, that's, you know, it's primetime evening television. That's what yeah. that, that's what the people want. So, yeah. Now, disappointingly, it wasn't active sex. It was post. It was it was mo- it was morning after. Yeah. In fact, the exact note I took was, "LOL, awkward babies morning after." Because to me, they look they look like babies because I've seen them currently, which is eighteen years later. So I'm not even I'm not even gonna Google pictures of either. I don't of them. want you to. It's no, so I'm funny not now do going it. back. <laughs> it's like crazy how different they look. Plus, God knows you'll Google it and it'll just be like a huge line of everything that's happened in the entire series. Right. So the, so real quick, as we're going through, uh, the first three notes that I have was, I like that it starts with smushing booties mm-hmm. was the first thing I wrote. And then I said, Seattle question mark, because I didn't yep. read the synopsis. <laughs> and then Catherine Heigl with lots of exclamation points. And also marks. a baby. Yes. Doesn't she look like a little baby? She does. So 2005, Five. this would have been, This is really pre-everything for her. This is like one of her... I mean, really, most people on the show, it's their first major gig, so to speak. So then after that, where where do we go now? What notes do you have? Tell me... Tell me um, your stream of consciousness as you're rewatching this episode. So for the first, I think, four seasons, they had like a full intro song with like a little... And I don't know if it just wasn't in this episode or if it's not on Netflix anymore. It might, maybe they didn't do it in the pilot and it'll be in the second episode because I didn't watch the second episode because I want to try and keep it fresh when we record. But um, it was interesting to me that it wasn't there. So I'll have to see if it's in the next episode or if they've just completely removed it from Netflix. Um, Because it's like a good 30 seconds of a song and like all the names and pictures of scalpels, but also like sex so you know nice um so okay so give me your first impressions um of meredith and derek so as soon as i saw them that that instant i was like okay no they they for sure work together like somehow he's (laughs) gonna be her boss um just you know i so i'm very excited for when the twists do come because i'm i'm not easily shocked or mm-hmm. I'm not easily fooled by twists. The last twist that really got me in a movie was when uh, King Candy was Turbo in that was, Wreck-It that's Ralph. Honestly, one of the greatest. Like, okay, I, no one saw that coming. I, no one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so I, I I knew that was coming. I will say, I think he's a handsome guy. I think that Meredith is is attractive. I don't know how. Uh, their relationship will get to come to fruition, especially because he's her boss. And I know that that's obviously like a huge HR thing, conflict of interest, whatever. So either he transfers away so they can be together or he dies or should they don't end up together. But I literally reference him as Dr. Handsome Pants uh, <laughs> or Dr. Dr. Derek Handsome Pants in my notes. He will get a nickname in the upcoming episodes. It's not that, but honestly, that's not that far off. Oh, good, um, good. So... One thing that I feel like never truly gets addressed is their age difference. Because if you think of it, this is her first year out of med school. So she's probably like 28, maybe. I would Um, say that checks out. Yeah. And then he's... So you've got a year of uh, internship. And then I think it's two years as an attending. Or maybe it's four years as an attending. 
Is and it then resident, then attending? Oh, sorry. Or? Yeah, resident and then an attending. So I'm like, and he's like, they'll get into it later, but he's had a career. Like he's an established, successful neurosurgeon. So I'm like, they just never address it. And I'm just like, but how much older are you? Like, I, it's fine. I just always want to know how old these people are. <laughs> I would guess probably 10 to 12 years older. Yeah. I always feel like it's it's around the 10 to 12. Sometimes I even think I'm like, is it like 15? Like, I don't know. It's it's a lot. Um, okay, so first impression of George. George is who? George is the, George is the O'Malley. nervous guy? Yeah, the nervous one. Uh, who who totally breaks down in the middle of the appendectomy? Yeah, that was rough. That that's rough. It's it's so, rough to rewatch. Yeah, I with him, I I was really hoping that he was going to successfully do the appendectomy yeah. and like him be some cor- some sort of like whiz, right? Yeah. Um, but so I was a little bit hoping that he would do really well there. But I knew I, I'm jumping ahead now when he yeah. promised that patient yeah. that. I was like, dude, you just jinxed it. Like, he's for sure dead meat now. And I saw that one coming. But the thing that I didn't understand is why he's just sipping his fucking apple juice. Uh, <laughs> did we also, did we announce if we were going to be, uh, are we going to be oh, a yes. clean Oh, yes, we podcast? curse here. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, will be an, there will be an explicit <laughs> sign next to the episode yeah. title. Don't worry. Uh, so, but like, yeah, just... I, wrote, I wrote that same thing I wrote. Saying, I promise it'll be fine is basically saying, I promise you're going to die. Like yeah. it's, it's the nail in the coffin. And for sure, honestly, I, as I was rewatching this, cause I, I remember the plot line of him telling um, a wife that everything was going to be fine and the guy dying, but I didn't realize it was within this pilot where they also did the happy thing. And I was like, they like are not like he has, they make it difficult to like him in this episode. And it's different. Cause like you also have, Alex Karev, who's that other doctor who's being a dick to the nurse. Like, obviously, I'm not supposed okay. to like him because he's being a huge dick. But then I'm like, you're making me not like George because he's just, like, annoying as fuck. Like, I don't understand, like, how am I supposed to... Like, were, I truly was watching it thinking, like, were they writing this for me not to like this character? Because I, and I don't. And I don't remember disliking him this strongly. But I was like, this is annoying and difficult to watch. Like, it's, it's painful. I think the only I I left that episode literally only knowing two people's names and that was Derek and Meredith. So I'm oh, just assuming okay, that well, those are people yeah. that are important. Yeah, but I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, they clearly don't want me to. I was I was at the same mindset. Like the, these writers do not want you to like anyone else in this episode except for these two people. Um, I I will say whatever the the Nazi doctor's name is, Doctor uh, Bailey. Doctor Bailey, I'm I'm a fan because I'm getting a lot of Doctor Cox vibes. I wrote, I would die for Dr. Bailey. And yes. a little bit that is clouded from the future, but I literally love her. So she's, I love her so much. She's incredible. She's truly one of, like, she's such a great actress. Yeah. The the line that really got me, uh, I'm, I'm going to botch it. I'm paraphrasing. But when she said, this person better be so close to death the next time you page me that there's a toe tag on this yeah. person. I was like, wow, so savage. And I was like, wow, she said that right in front of that man. Like he heard her say that. Yeah. She She's did not right leave the there. room. <laughs> um, yeah. So on that note, there were a couple discrepancies that I kind of feel I want to address. So I will say they have, there are multiple people they have on set like as medical advisors and then to make sure that the shots all look accurate as like, as far as if they show anything internal, like organs and stuff. And then the way they're pronouncing things and like if a disease, like how it would work and how it would affect those people are on set. 
However, I don't think they have like final say on what gets written because in no world do doctors or surgeons put IVs in people. Like they just don't, if you, I don't know if you've ever had surgery, but like the doctor who's going to do the surgery comes in and is like, hi, I'm the doctor. See you in the OR and leaves. Like they don't do shit. Um, like so much is done by, by the nursing staff. Like it's kind of ridiculous now going back and watching it, especially now, like my dad works in a hospital and occasionally he'll watch episodes with me and he's like, a surgeon would not be down in the ER taking patients. This is absurd. <laughs> like there's, they're not even just like doctors, like they are surgeons, which is even more of us because when Derek was shaving the girl's head before surgery, I literally wrote, my ass, would a brain surgeon be shaving the patient's head for surgery? Like, that would yeah. absolutely not happen. So I will say, like, I feel like I'm going to be more aware of those kinds of liberties taken by the show. But as far as most of, like, the medical jargon and, like, the scenarios, there is someone in the writer's room and on the set to kind of make sure it's accurate. Yeah, it was It was definitely... So I, I, I would need to look at the rankings, and unfortunately, I think Grey's Anatomy ranks very low on the list of medical accuracy. Coincidentally yeah. enough, Scrubs was very accurate. Um, I think House was somewhere in between. I could be wrong. I, I hope that I am. Uh, but yeah, there were things like that that I was like, okay, hold on a second. This guy's an established uh, neuro neurosurgeon. Like, yeah. He's not... What is he doing? He's like being kind to people. Yeah. Like that's just, I just doesn't doesn't really track. Um, okay, so let's get back into. So you love Dr. Bailey, Christina Yang, the character played by Sandra O. Oh, so the other intern that's not Catherine yes. Heigl, the one that uh, they so they like bond. Yeah, I I was a little bit kind of upset that uh, Meredith told Christina, right? Yes, Christina. That Meredith told Christina that she slept with a doctor because I was like, okay, they said literally the first time you're seeing all of these doctors in the same room that this is a competition. Like, she's yeah. for sure going to stab your back. I hope that I'm wrong. But, like, you know, you don't, you just don't tell that to people. And then in the episode, she's like, oh, you're a dirty bitch because you got this surgery. I did all this hard work with you. We were a team. And then you didn't have my back. I thought we were women empowered and it turns out you're just a backstabbing loser who sleeps with people and i'm like okay hold on a second so i like truly i first of all christina yang is my favorite Grey's anatomy character okay no one's, no one's surprised right. no, um i i love the relationship like their bond that they kind of establish she's like watches meredith throw up and she's like don't tell anyone and christina's like i won't and that like begins their bond and yes they work together and the whole thing is yes it was shitty that christina said that it was obviously she was just doing it to get back at Meredith because Meredith was like, Oh, I'll let you have the surgery. And then she didn't. Um, however, that whole speech that she gives right up until she says, I don't get picked for surgeries for sleeping with my boss. I really like, cause she's like, you did something cutthroat. You just need to deal with it. Don't come to me for absolution. I'm like, that's legit. Like you can't be a shitty person and then go to the person you were shitty to and be like, Oh, I'm still going to do it. But like, make me feel better about it. Like, I mean, she's right. Like if you're going to do it, just own it. Especially like you're saying, they talk a lot about how surgery is like really cutthroat and really competitive. Right. So I think they're kind of just trying to beat that into you that like, oh, this is like really intense. And it's like these relationships are like they're the people you're going to be with all the time. But they're also going to be like your friends, but also your competition. So like, where do you stand? 
it, it wasn't so I don't think the term cutthroat really made sense for that because it wasn't like she did anything behind her back. It was that she just didn't tell Derek that Christina should do the surgery. So, right, which is fine, except she explicitly said that she would. Right. So, like, honestly, right. had it just played out that way, it's like, okay, whatever. But it's the fact that she said, like, oh, I'll let you have it. And then she was like, mm, never mind. I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> yes, I'm just... And I was like, I don't... I truly remembered it as Derek just saying that and walking away. But the fact that they have him stand there for like 20 seconds and Meredith saying nothing, I'm like, that is kind of annoying. Like you had, why are you acting like you've forgotten the English language? Like you can say something. Yeah. Also you, do you listen to, uh, you, do you listen? I mean, I'm asking the wrong person here. Do you listen to country music? Yes. Yes. Okay. Naturally. She gives, Meredith gives me a little bit of like, uh, Leanne rhyme vibes. Yeah. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I will say that this this also gave me a little bit of house vibes, too, because when he was like, oh, this is a one in a million thing, and then the elevator opens back up, yeah. I was like, okay, that's some shit house would do. I <laughs> like, wrote <laughs> drama, like, so many times I wrote, like, oh, the drama. Oh, this is so dramatic. Oh, my gosh, the drama. <laughs> like, when when um, Katie Bryce was having a seizure and Meredith was just standing there, and they're like, all the nurses are like, stat, and they're, like, yelling things, and, like, it's like flashing to Meredith's frozen face and then flashing back to Katie Bryce and then like flashing to her feet and everything's in like slow motion. I was like, this is, I was like, I don't remember it always being this dramatic, but it's very dramatic. It's a fine line to walk of being dramatic and being very cringy and they walked it flawlessly. I agree. I agree. And I feel like again, as a pilot episode, um, they're finding their footing and, and finding, you know, who they are. And it, it, it definitely ends up, you know, they really find the, the voice and like the visual language of the show. It's, it's very established and very consistent throughout the entirety of the time that Shonda Rhimes is the showrunner. Um, so I think that goes into why it has been so successful, but it's always going to be dramatic. It's just not like necessarily that dramatic with like the, let's go see if she's one in a million or like in the whole thing on the elevator. It's just like, the most <laughs> i actually enjoyed that scene because it's just like i imagine that that actually happens in a hospital where these people are talking to their their attending excuse me and the elevator like they keep closing it and then there's people around that are like visibly annoyed because i think in in other tv shows they'd be like oh do, 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 nothing's happening we're all gonna ignore this conversation and they're like starting to visibly get pissed off and then he lets the door close and then it closes completely and then he gets out like, I feel like that would actually play out like that. Because I also was like, this is a hospital. These are doctors. Someone could be dying. Someone Let them be dying. get where they need to go. I, I would like to think, though, that if someone actually was dying, they'd be like, hey, guys, like, I am going I, upstairs. I have to go. They're coding on floor 13. <laughs> they need me. Um. Um, that scene <laughs> does have quite possibly my favorite joke line from the entire series i won't say it's my favorite line because there's some pretty like poignant stuff later on but like as far as my favorite joke that this series has ever made i think about it all the time is when meredith runs up and goes dr shepherd katie bryce does beauty pageants and he said i know but we have to save her life anyways i <laughs> that is so funny to me i think about it all the time that is hilarious it is a great line and he just uh, and delivers actually, it so dryly like in nothing <laughs> so good 
it's funny because I, I didn't actually catch that as a joke line. I'm just assuming that there's no humor in this at all. So I wish that I, I think as I'm getting more used to the show, I'll allow myself to, to find that humor and laugh at it. But that one, I, I remember the actual line, but it glazed right off me. Yeah, unfortunately. that's truly one of the, I think, just it's just very witty because it's like dry and he just like off the cuff says it. Um, I mean, Christina had a similar one where Meredith is talking, they're talking about it and Meredith is like, do you know what her talent is? And Christina goes, they have talent. <laughs> <laughs> See, the one for me was uh, at the end and I don't want to skip over all the way to the end, but that's all right. when we'll they're like, I look better than you. And then Christina <laughs> goes, that's not possible. I was like, okay, this is, yeah. this is <laughs> that's, classic. That's I nice. will say. I was like, okay, so their resolution is just, they're just both going to get over it. Like, they both just said things when they were angry, and now they're both just going to get But I do like that Christina says, like, we don't have to do that thing where, like, I say something, and then you say something, and then we hug. And Meredith's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, right. I feel like that's a good encapsulation of their, their established relationship. And I wrote Christina and Meredith forever because I love their friendship. Um, and I hope that I, I'm assuming now they're they're together. They're these these are two people who don't have bombs in them and don't blow up. I'm gonna straight face not answer that question because okay. I don't want to give who's, anything away. Who's who's the person who was a dick to the nurse? Alex. Alex Karev. Alex Karev. That's that's his name. That's his sh- name in the show. Yes, that's his name in the show. His name in real life is Justin Chambers. Okay, so Alex, Doctor Alex. Hate that guy so far. Yeah, he's um, uh, not not looking great right off the bat. <laughs> no, but I I like the scene at the end too, where they're like, "Does anyone know what would cause heat something or in a person that has syphilis? I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is." <laughs> um, and then he's like, anyone, and then Meredith is like, "Well, yeah, it could be the five W's or whatever it is." Yeah, and uh, then he's. You know, saying, all right, let's do that. You do what she says. And this isn't your patient anymore or some shit. And then he's like, you're a spitting image of your mother. And I was like, wait, are we back in Harry Potter? What is happening right now? (laughs) Uh, But that was a good scene. I actually really enjoyed that scene. That was my favorite. uh, I think that was my favorite scene of the show there. Good. I like that. I also, um, I will say the one good moment that I feel like they gave George was when him and Meredith were talking. And Meredith is, he's like, oh, all my, my parents, like, tell everyone they know that I'm a superhero because I'm a surgeon and Meredith is like, well, that would be better than me because my mom doesn't think I'm good enough to do this job. So that was like, I think the only nice moment I did laugh when he was like, I would make a great postal worker. Yeah, I'm reliable. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. The, so, um, the other I, thing the, that I, you go, or ahead, you go, no, you go ahead. You go, you, 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 okay. you go. Um, what I found annoying, um, like when the whole thing with Burke happened, like George was not in that surgery where the guy died, the heart surgery. And Dr. Burke was like, I can't believe you. Like the, this was this line. I was like, this is too dramatic. When he was like, the only person who can make a promise like that is God. And I haven't seen him holding a scalpel lately. I was like, all right, that's enough. But when he was like, you have to go tell her that she's a widow, that would not happen. Because George was not in that surgery. So if she has any questions, he can't answer them because he wasn't there. Like, the surgeon would do that. And also, I don't think they do it in a waiting room. I think, like, they take you to a private room and then tell you. Yeah. Imagine being in that waiting room going, oh, gosh, that person just found out that their husband died. Yeah. Can can you believe that? Like, like, because she, like, like, scream cries, which is a, you know, it's like a normal reaction. Like, the actress did a good job. But I was like, 
everyone's just there. Like she has no privacy to like mourn or grieve, which at like, all. I, I think realistically they take you and like they put you in, in a separate room to talk to the doctor if it goes poorly. Maybe if it goes well, I don't really know. I think she um, also did in that in the vein of that actress. I think she did a good job of like I think actually she was under dramatic for for the show. Right, right, cuz they tell him to leave and then as he's walking away, she like breaks down, which yes. is you know, I I do like the way that she's just like leave. It was very like, tasteful you. actually. Go away. Um yeah. We have a they they do a really great job with their with their guests, their guest actors, um guest stars on on the show. Shonda Rhimes as the show went on and became more and more successful and well-known, she kind of like knows a lot of people and um, she does a lot of like a great job getting um, well-known actors. So you get some pretty decent cameos throughout this. Well, I'm going to have to compare them to scrubs and friends because, well, I shouldn't do that because friends has, the I best wouldn't cameos. do friends. Yeah. <laughs> a very but vibe. scrubs had Brendan Fraser, Michael J. Fox, um, trying to think who else they had a couple really big ones but anyways uh i will say the other thing too that i liked is when dr Derek handsome pants uh <laughs> was like hey don't well also i did laugh when she was like did you pick me for this because we had sex together and he's like yes and, <laughs> then, and then i was like oh is there a punchline coming? And then he said no uh, you know yeah, obviously it's not and i was like okay there we go dr Derek." i did say so okay I want to get back to the moment where they reveal that he is the doctor at the hospital. Yeah. Um, the yeah, new yeah. doctor. Because it's basically like they're both new. That's the whole thing is she's like, oh, the new uh, attending. Um, so it was like 11 minutes into the show when they did the reveal. Um, and, and she goes, and I was just like, I wrote down immediate sexual harassment. Like unprofessional. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, the sec- and I was like, God, I didn't like... I feel like I'm watching this now. Every I'm like being more negative about it, but I'm like, that is the worst way to handle this situation, Derek. Like, damn, you need to go to HR. <laughs> but because she's trying to be professional and she's like, it is what it is. Let's move past it. And he's like, oh, sexy eyes, nudity, boobies. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I don't love this. Um, but yeah, I do think there are moments later on where he hand like the one you're talking about he handles it better and he gives her like a good pep talk and i i did think they have a nice moment after the surgery when she's like you know you read about it you practice on cadavers but then you do it for real and she's like i don't know why anyone would do drugs because this is such a high or whatever the line is but they do have nice moments but i was really like that first moment when she's trying to like be professional because she's probably terrified that she's ultimately just destroyed her own career before she even started her job and he's just making sex jokes. I was like, okay, let's let's calm down. Yeah, definitely not a particular joke or scene that that ages well, right? Especially not yeah. in today's like that that right, going yeah. right now, the whole internet would be like, ah, cancel Derek. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Um so yeah, and then I think the reveal about the mom, um, like I will say I, I made a point cause I knew that, that she was talking to her mom. So I made a point to, to imagine like those words, not as narration, but like to her mom. So I will say kind of just like when, you, if you were to rewatch the episode, like 
it does kind of hit different. You're like, oh, this is kind of a bummer because she's like, oh, I really like everyone. And like, I, I think I'm going to do a good job. She's like convincing her mom who doesn't even know who she is. So it's like really, really quite sad. And yeah, her mom is obviously they do a good job explaining it. She's won multiple major medical awards. She basically established a method, the gray method, which I want to say is uh, possibly about like a pancreas or the liver or kidney. Oh, I'm doing a bad job, but whatever We'll find it was, out later on, I'm assuming. Yeah, they'll definitely talk about it in, in difficult, in uh, more depth. The thing, get on. The, the line for me, so I, I knew right away when she was sitting down, I was like, okay, this is her mom. This is, got it, totally. Yeah. Um, right away. The line for me that stood out that really, I was like, fuck, that's sad, is when she goes, I used to be a doctor, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine being so well known, so critically acclaimed, doing like transforming the medical field for whatever reason, right? Any field. Imagine my job, your job, you transform something. Yeah. And then to not even remember that you did it. Yeah. That's like it's hard. And and also, like, she's young. Like, she is not. She did not look old. No. No. I think she might is supposed to be like mid to late fifties, maybe like she is it's, I mean, they talk a lot about that. It's early onset. Like it's, it's, that uh, didn't seem early onset. Can you forget that much when it's early onset like that? I think so. And I mean, I think they go through, you know, anyone has like some, sometimes that they're lucid and, and sometimes that they're not. And so it just like goes back and forth, but did, was it is it this episode where she says you remind me of my daughter? Mm. Did I just spoil that? Yes, she <laughs> did. Yeah, no, 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 no. And then she says, okay. "I am your daughter." Yeah, it's that. Yeah. That for me is like what is like so sad because like I just imagine like having to go through that with like um, a close relative who like just doesn't even recognize you anymore. Like, ugh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I like that she also decided to keep the the house, her mom's house. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, she's, yeah, she's going to get some roommates, so. Oh. Dr. Who will Derek that be? Handsome Pants? I wonder, well. <laughs> Dr. Yeah, that's, Hot that's Catherine not an HR Heigl. issue. Um, okay, so let's get into some predictions. So tell me what you think will happen. You can do overall, you can just do coming up soon, you can do Meredith and Derek specific or other people specific, just... Let me know what you think is going to happen. So I imagine that, what is the guy who messed up in the surgery and promised? George, the, George O'Malley. George O'Malley. I, I assume that he, there's, it's going to go one of two ways. Either he's not very long on the show and he sucks and he gets fired or quits and goes and lives his dream as a postal worker. Or <laughs> he learns something, has an epiphany, and the tough love from that one attending surgeon turns Dr. him around. Burke. Dr. Burke. Uh, I imagine that very shortly there's going to be a mentor-mentee relationship between Dr. Bailey and Dr. Gray. Uh, I assume that Dr. Christ- Christina, what what's... Uh, Christina Yang. Yang, Dr. Yang, I'm sure will be in that because women empowerment... And then I would assume that Katherine Heigl blows up because there's a bomb <laughs> in her butt. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll see how those, uh, those predictions play out. Oh, and that um, one, that one asshole doctor to the nurse, he's, he's for sure not, he's, he's not going to make it past this, this season. He's, he's done after season one. Okay. 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 
interesting predictions we'll have to i look forward to coming back um and seeing if you were completely correct about everything you just said or the opposite um or somewhere in the middle who knows Nobody I don't. You know. Me. You do. Know. <laughs> I do. If you see Carmen walking down the street, please don't spoil Grace Anatomy for him. What would hold on? <laughs> what would be funnier? Actually, not watching these episodes live as they happen, or if I just watch the premiere that happens on the thirtieth <laughs> and try to figure out everything to, that happens like, in between. Nothing else. And, like <laughs> you would be like, um, um, I will say this most recent season was was rough because they they did COVID like they they were like they just wrote it into the show and the, I think it was important and really well done because I think it's important for people to see what healthcare workers are going through right now because of it um, but it was it was really hard because it's it it became a lot less fictional in a lot of ways I was like no this is real pe- this is what people are doing on a daily basis and it was uh, it was very difficult for me to watch. Um, Would you say so. that it was a hard day's night? It was. It was a hard day's night. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're going to get into our ratings. So I think, um, and this is still under construction potentially, um, but we're going to rate every episode at the end of it. So we're going to do a five-tier rating system. So it'll be one through five, five being the best, one being the worst. But our system is going to be... Uh, Med student, intern, resident, fellow, attending. So those are our five options. So like if you think an episode is terrible and you don't want it, then it would be a med student. And if you think it's the best ever and the the series cannot exist without it, it would be an attending episode. And then there's everything in the middle. So that's as of right now what we're going to do. That might change as we move forward, but that's what we're going to do today. So obviously for me it's the pilot it's important i think they knowing how everything goes i think they do a very good job uh introducing the people in the show so i would have to say this is definitely a unattending episode for me this is okay so the med student intern, intern resident, resident fellow, fellow attending attending so this for me is a resident i'm giving this a three out of five so you're right in the middle on this yes. one. Yes. So okay. I liked it more than I thought I would. I'm not going to lie. But here's here's the thing for all of you listeners out there. I already told Kelsey that no matter what, <laughs> if I hate it, I'm in it because I, I'm committed yeah, we're, now. We're done. Uh, but no, I, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I, I appreciated that I, I was able to call back kind of on my my love for Scrubs and, and House because I've, I've seen every episode of Scrubs easily six times every episode uh yeah. big so big fan uh and this gave me a lot of similarities i'm excited to see what happens i i enjoyed the narration more than i thought i would i initially thought her voice was a little bit annoying but uh i, I grew to enjoy it and i'm excited to see where things go so yeah I, i'm i'm optimistic i was pleasantly surprised i'm giving this one a resident Nope. I love it. I'm Yes, residence yeah. number three. Yeah. Yes, res- resident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I'm excited to see to to journey through this with you. And uh yeah, I look uh forward. So we'll uh see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.